Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Audible, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash Mrs. Brightside to get your 30-day free trial. And it's a great handy little app, especially if you don't like to read but don't want to be stupid. Just have someone read these books to you. And that's audibletrial.com slash Mrs. Brightside for your 30-day free trial to hear books instead of read them. Mrs. Brightside. Uh, open up the curtains. Look outside. What's outside? It's Mrs. Brightside. All right, guys. You are listening to Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. It's your CBD on or CBT on CBD. Sorry, I went to the Korean spa earlier and ate an edible before doing that, so I'm very relaxed. So this will be a pretty chill episode. Of course, as always, I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon, and I have a special guest with me today. Introduce yourself. Oh, hey, I'm Chris Dotson, and I've been doing a David Lynch impression for about 12 years now. <laughs> that is your claim to fame, correct? Pretty much. Yeah. Whatever fame I have has some <laughs> sort of attachment to that impression, yes. <laughs> well, um, that's, of course, what we're going to be talking about is David Lynch and um, our love of him, which, you know, can be a bit controversial because some people just don't get it. But um, I feel like you have to do your David Lynch impersonation for us here. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, I don't want to wake up your mom. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Hi, It's great to be here on your show. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here and talk about the positive aspects of myself. I think I'm going to change a lot of people's minds and fix their hearts. <laughs> Perfect. I know. One of these days I'll get around to editing my footage from Comic-Con where I got a lot of the cast of The Return to do David Lynch impersonations. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. cool. And then including myself because Kimmy Robertson made me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You said she does a pretty good one too, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, she's, uh, it is funny. Everybody's got one. <laughs> yeah. It's got such a unique voice. It's hard to not want to talk like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like... David Lynch, Matthew McConaughey, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, iconic people that people just love doing impersonations of. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like to do Owen Wilson, you know? Like, um, oh. that, that, that's, that's one that a lot of people don't do, but it's actually pretty easy to do, you know? <laughs> He's kind of easy going, like Owen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David Lynch collaborate. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Come up with. <laughs> I, dude, it's like... Wouldn't you love to see the directors flip off? Because it kind of reminds me, they did an experiment with a CSI and Two and a Half Men for some reason. And the CSI people wrote an episode of Two and a Half Men, and then the Two and, the two and a Half Men writers wrote an episode of CSI. Oh. And so I was like, whoa, they could do like a Wes Anderson, David Lynch flip of directing. Because <laughs> yeah. I immediately thought of Owen Wilson. I was like, well, have David Lynch direct a uh, Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. And then Wes Anderson do a David Lynch movie. That this is how you know I ate an edible earlier. Yeah, that'd be incredible. We got to do that. We got to do some yeah. kind of Kickstarter. You know, we got to put Something. our money where our mouth is. But I don't know. If we yeah. give them like each like two million dollars. Gotta think they they'd at least consider doing it. But uh, yeah, pay <laughs> play. I guess <laughs> that'd be uh, amazing. I know, it's like, um, I know David Lynch is on Twitter, but Wes Anderson, yeah. I'll have to see if he is, and you know, yeah, that's how I think he'll does work he have a social media presence at all? I don't know if I have does, no right? idea, yeah. like, I like Wes Anderson, but yeah. I, I'm like, with Twitter, I usually only follow, like, comedians or things mm-hmm. like that, just because I do scroll through it so much, but. Yeah, it's addictive. Yeah. 
I know. That's why I wish David Lynch would post more. Like, because mm-hmm. I would just be curious as to what he has to say about all of this stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's a busy guy. He, yeah. he does so much. You know what I mean? When he's not making movies, he's painting, he's making music, he's meditating, he's making furniture, he's cooking. Uh, just he's a creative guy all around. And that's one of the reasons I feel so inspired to him and inspired by him and want to play around in that uh, Lynchian world. Because for me, at least, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is he's good at world building. And I don't think people always think of that because most people, when they think of world building, they think of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the <laughs> DC Television Universe or things like that. And it's like, no, the Lynch, you know, world building has been going on since the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as you say, he is a multifaceted guy. And those are the people that most fascinate me is, because, yeah. you know, people who aren't just good at one thing or they don't have just one thing going for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he can do it all. And he seems to be having this renaissance now. You know, he's in his 70s now. But in a lot of ways, I feel he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. Uh, he's just, he's an artist. And he's just, again, he's just creates these unique worlds that that only he can do and he's basically invented his own style um anyway that's enough gushing for now i suppose <laughs> <laughs> that's what this podcast is though oh, okay. is gushing yeah. so yeah gush. feel free it's yeah. like oh as uh, my friend lex i always say well, all you ever do is just suck david lynch's metaphorical dick yeah. man <laughs> but you know what it's okay who doesn't want to do that <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. it's not all that bad yeah, yeah. yeah. but um but yeah i mean um I started doing the impression just randomly. I was stuck in traffic, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so no big surprise there. But I was coming home from an audition, and Lynch was on NPR talking about meditation. And I'd always been familiar with his movies and Twin Peaks and all that fun <laughs> stuff, but I'd never really heard him talk before. And I just remember <laughs> thinking he had such a unique voice. So I just started trying to imitate it there while I was sitting in traffic and had nothing else to do. And I thought I had something going, maybe. Um, so I went home that night, and my roommate and I made a little video uh, using my webcam on my laptop. And we put it online, and it got some good feedback. So just ended up making more. And it just keeps going. Every time I think I'm done with like doing Lynch stuff, someone seems to come in my life who like wants to make more. Like Jamie, yeah. you know, who directed the last David Lynch Problem Solver video. He found me on Instagram. I was like, hey, these are fun things. Can I try writing one? I was like, yeah. And, you know, just kind of went from there. So I feel like these these videos are going to continue. They kind of have a life of their own, and, and they're fun to do. Yeah. yeah, and I got to be a part of one this past weekend. Yeah, yes. thank you so much for including me because I'm a big old nerd. I mean, and you're in my apartment right now, <laughs> and, and this is only half of my stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you can see. It's great. Yeah, yeah you were great as the yeah. double R diner waitress in this last video. And I am enjoying all the Twin Peaks uh, memorabilia right in front of us right now. It's good stuff. Yeah, I have uh, the Laura and Dale uh, Cooper Pops. I have I am Duffy uh, Dougie's coffee mug, mm-hmm. and then a uh, Double R Diner uh, mug that says it's a damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I even have posters in my room. I'm like, yeah, a little obsessed. And my R and R uniform stays on a dress stand <laughs> with that same chevron pattern you see everywhere. Yeah. There's a red room wall in here. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a yeah. Playground for me as well. Yeah. It's great to see. <laughs> do you have a lot of memorabilia as well? Yeah, I do. I'm guessing at this point I have about 40 Twin Peaks themed t shirts. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm wearing my Audrey Horn t shirt right now. It was perfect, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Another favorite t shirt is one that just says directed by David Lynch in the Twin Peaks font. 
I love that one. I have a bunch of Dale Cooper. This is interesting, maybe, I don't know. But um, I was wearing one of my Dale Cooper t-shirts just walking around Los Feliz. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this woman and this guy walking their dog in front of me, and I'm kind of walking around them to pass them. And the woman stops me and goes, Dale Cooper. And I go, oh, yeah, I'm a bit of a fan. She's like, I was on that show. And um, she was one of the waitresses at the uh, Great Northern who served Dale Cooper one of oh, his really? uh, delicious cups or damn fine cups of coffee. And her husband is Bob Ingalls. I hope I'm getting the name right, but he was one of the producers and writers on the original Twin Peaks. Um, so I got to meet them randomly. So I feel like I've gotten my money's worth for my T-shirt, with all my T-shirts right there. <laughs> uh, that was pretty cool. But um, otherwise, what other stuff do I have? I'm mainly a T-shirt guy. I have David Lynch's yeah. book, Catching the Big Fish. I still have to get the new one that he just put out. Um, but yeah, there's... Um, Oh, yeah, I also have a Dougie Jones cardboard cutout life-size standee. Oh, my God, um, I'm so jealous. I would want that in my room. Yeah, and, and I got away with keeping it mm. in our um, living room for almost a year until my fiancé finally one day was like, this has to go in the closet now. But I had a good run there. For about a year, Dougie was in our living room, and he scared the hell out of anyone who came <laughs> into the apartment because they always thought there was another person just standing there. Uh, for me, at least, that was always fun to see. Does so he have the green jacket on and everything? Yep, green oh jacket God. on. He's got that vacant look in his eyes, just staring off into God knows what. Where did um, you get that? The Showtime uh, uh, website. Yeah, Showtime did a great <laughs> job, I thought, with the uh, memorabilia. And um, they, they have some great t-shirts on there. I wish I could buy them all. And speaking of t-shirts, yeah. you know, David Lynch has designed his own t-shirts of his own art that are available on Amazon. I'm going to uh, plug David Lynch's t-shirts now. <laughs> Uh, but I bought one of those too, but there's like 40 or 50 of them online on Amazon and I, I just want to buy all of them. But for now, um, I'm on, I am an actor, so I can only buy like one t-shirt every couple of years, but <laughs> I got one for now. <laughs> I know, like most of my closet is free t-shirts you get from like Comic Con or things like that because it's like we can't afford clothes as entertainers here. I'm a comedian. We make <laughs> yeah. more less than actors. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, like, oh, free t-shirts. That's why when, oh, they were doing a lot of Twin Peaks promos, I tried to find people that were like, ooh, they got free shirts. You know? Yeah, yeah. At this point in my life, anything free yeah. is, is good. I will not turn it away. Free meals, free clothing. I really appreciate this stuff right now. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good time to mention that this podcast, while we have some sponsors, we are always looking for more. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to send us free t-shirts, feel free. (laughs) I'm a size medium. Yeah, me too. Medium and women's, yeah. yeah. Just do it, medium. Yeah, Yeah, you can send them. I'll wear it. As I say, you know, (laughs) any little bit helps, guys. (laughs) Yeah, like, because I know I spend a lot of money, obviously, on Twin Peaks uh, memorabilia, but um, I do, I shop the sales, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I have a little David Lynch pin that I think is a Lynch pin. I'm like, I'm Uh, like, this was the most clever item I bought for $10 (laughs) at Amoeba, in Hollywood. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's done some signings there. Yeah. Yeah. I only met him one time, and I can't even really say I met him, because it was at a book signing. But it was when Catching the Big Fish came out. And I just remember I didn't want to screw it up more than anything. I was just like, because I've had awkward moments <laughs> yeah. in book signings before. There was one time. I think you just need one bad experience. And it's not even necessarily bad. It's just so awkward that you never want to repeat it. So with Lynch, I was like, 
I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to get up there. I'm just going to keep my head down. He signs the book, keep the line moving. And I get up there and he opens the book to sign it. And there was this pause, like he was waiting for me to say something. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to ruin the moment. So he finally looks up at me and he says, I like your hair. And uh, I smiled and said, thanks. I like your hair too. And he said, thanks. And that was it. That's the only time wow. I've had any kind of contact with him. But in a lot of ways, I'm like, that's just kind of the perfect amount. Because I didn't want to get up there and be like, hey, I do an impression of you. And my YouTube videos get over 300 views. You know, but um so yeah just kept it simple oh well that's nice you didn't do the impersonation i do know oh there are some people that i would probably do that to them be like because uh oh, the urge is there definitely yeah <laughs> i do a funny jensen ackles impersonation or do you know who jensen ackles no. is yeah i was like he's a dean on supernatural he's the one with the really oh, deep voice i gotta watch this someday um, but yeah i think he would find it adorable <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, our impressions choose yeah. us, I find. We don't always get to choose who we get to do impressions of. But, yeah, for whatever reason, Lynch has just stuck around. and uh, Or at least, yeah. I don't know. Every time I think I'm done, they keep pulling me back in. But, again, it's it's a world I love playing around with. I got uh, I got no complaints. It's, it's fun. So you'd say it was a Lynch mob? I guess so. <laughs> it's fair to say that. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, once you're out, you just keep pulling you back in. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, just I found that just, you know, he doesn't talk a ton about his own movies or TV shows. He tends to give very short responses when anyone asks him, like, you know, what does this stuff mean? And, um, and at this point, I mean, not that I ever was, like, expecting him to answer it, but I'm just, I'm just kind of like, I get it. It's like, you know, he gets an idea. I think once he has an idea in his head, he just tries to realize that idea and not judge it and just put it out there. Um, and I think a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily supposed to make sense because he does talk about dreams a lot. Yeah. I feel like his movies, more recently especially, are kind of like watching dreams. So you just kind of have to let it flow over you, you know? But I was working, you know, at, a mini at the Minneapolis International Film Festival mm -hmm. right out of high school, you know? So I've always been a film nerd, and I love movies that don't make sense. You know, I don't want answers necessarily yeah. when I go to the cinema. You know, I'm okay to feel... I want to feel challenged sometimes. You know, there are times when you want the popcorn movie and just want to disappear. But I feel I don't mind being challenged by movies. And some people do. They want their movies to have happy endings. They want answers resolved. And I kind of get that too, especially like if you're... Like, I don't know what it's like to have a job. I've never really had one. <laughs> but for people who work and have work long hours, they want to go to a movie that relax and just disappear. And that's cool. I get that. But that you're not going to have that experience with a David Lynch movie, obviously. Yeah, Lynch is for more pe for people who don't have jobs, as my brother would say. That's why you like that stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but again, he's one of those people who it's like, you know, I think the people who are meant to get the movies do get it because yeah. he does have, you know, a very dedicated following. I mean, he definitely is a... I think he's maybe a bit broader than a cult filmmaker, but he definitely has that cult filmmaker appeal where people who are into him are into him. <laughs> because he's done movies and television mm -hmm. and then, and, you know, been successful at both, which a lot of people do not really accomplish. Other, lately, because the change in television becoming more like movies, and to me, often yeah. sometimes having better storytelling capabilities, especially with, like, short seasons, like 10 episodes, 13 episodes, um, it was great for The Return to have 22, but... Um, yeah. 
you know, because there was so much to tell, and it had been nearly 30 years. I mean, I know. It's, it's amazing that they were able to continue that story with so much time going by. I mean, a quarter of a century elapsed. And it's like, okay, let's pick up the story now. And uh, I thought they pulled it off. I thought it was fantastic. You oh, know, yeah. It took some getting used to for me, at least the first. It took me probably five episodes to kind of feel like I got the feel of it. Because initially I was just like, well, I, I have no idea what's going on here. But mm-hmm. not necessarily in a bad way. Because, again, I said yeah. I don't need to have my hand held every step of the way when I'm watching something. But honestly, I was just like, this is, <laughs> what the heck? But eventually you're like, oh, okay. And then, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get, I mean, mm-hmm. do we do spoilers? These oh, feel spoilers. great. Spoiler alert. Well, okay. yeah. But was it like episode 16 no. or whatever where, where Coop says, you know, I am the FBI? Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember watching that. And it was at night. It was Sunday night because we were doing something. So I had to watch it later when I got home. And, and Almy's in the other room sleeping, and I'm watching it, and, you know, because we have this small apartment, mm. and I have my headphones on, I'm watching it, and it's when Coop comes out of his coma, and I'm just, like, jumping up and down, like I'm a kid, yeah. um, and trying not to wake her up in the process and make too much noise, but after that episode, I actually thought, again, we know that mm-hmm. Lynch doesn't give you this yeah. gift wrap thing of, like, hey, okay, here's what this is all about, but I thought for a second that the show was going to like tie up in a very specific way or answers would be given. And you know, it wasn't, but, <laughs> but he still, he got me. Cause for a second I was like, Oh, okay. Now we're going to have like a linear story, but you know, that's just not what he does. No. Yeah. I mean, and that was the thing is a lot of people felt like not everything was answered. And you know, especially with characters like Audrey, you didn't, mm. but to be yeah. honest, I'm like, well, come up with your own ending. Do the work. I mean, <laughs> exactly. if you need an ending, you do it. And I think that's what Lynch's point is, is to kind of make people a little less lazy, a little bit more creative themselves yeah. if they need an ending. But a lot of us, I mean, and too, what's something we've talked about on this podcast with numerous people is not everything's made for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, exactly. you know, exactly. he made well, it. He's like, here, here it is. Yeah. Because he does have such a no. specific style and a specific uh, storytelling style. Hmm. That, again, yeah, it's not going to be for everyone. But like you're saying, like with yeah. uh, Audrey Horn and certain questions that were still lingering there. I mean, the other thing about this is like you know, there's books like Mark Frost yeah. wrote. What is it called? I'm so the so Final sorry. Dossier. Yeah, thank yeah. you, The Final Dossier. So I got that as a Christmas present, and then you can read up. Oh, there's more backstory about Audrey in there, and, and or other characters too. Um, so that's really cool. Like it exists, you know above and beyond the TV show. You know, you got books, you got all the memorabilia, you got endless fan art. I mean, I'm just always blown away by all the fan art. And Kyle McLaughlin, he probably yeah. has taken to tweeting like a dozen pictures a week of fan art. Uh, but there's so much out there. And it's just so cool how this show, you know, from when did it debut? Like 1990, 91, somewhere yeah. there. Well, we're still talking about it and how it's still relevant and still like in the now. Yeah, because to me, I, I understood it being at Comic-Con last year because the return um, had, you know, yet to air and everything. And then, you know, so close to it. So it made total sense. But then they were still here mm-hmm. like this last year. And it was great. Like, and I they had a whole press room and it was a packed house for the panel. Who was yeah. there this year besides Kimmy? Um, and here he goes, uh-huh. and let's see. Let, Andy. Yeah. Um, Mation was there. I didn't okay. get to talk to her, but I've met her before. She's wonderful. And then cool. Sherilyn Finn, I think I think she wound up getting to the panel. She wasn't at the press room, but yeah, she yeah. she was there. And then, yeah, a lot of people who had played in The Return, like different characters that were pretty cool, you know? That's awesome, yeah. 
Speaking of Sherilyn Finn, I don't know, on Twitter, yeah. this is probably a few months ago, but she was tweeting about how she had a dental appointment. I think she had to get, like, some oral surgery, and she's, like, deathly afraid of um, dentists. So I hope everything went okay there, because yeah. I know what it's like to kind of have things like that you're not excited about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. My head. I hope her uh, oral surgery went okay. Yeah, I love her. I think, you know, she's so funny. Because I watched the sp- Psych episode where it's all yeah. Twin Peaks, Duel Spires. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. I did. I did. It was so great to see um, who plays Bobby Briggs. I can't remember. Dana Ashcroft. Yeah. Is that his name? It was so cool to see him. Because at that point, Cause he was I great seen in there, him. Yeah. And, and at least, I mean, he's, yeah. he's got a ton of IMDb credits, but yeah. I just haven't seen any of the shows he'd been in. So it's so cool to see him again. And, yeah, and Sherilyn. And, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, because yeah, James Roday is such a big fan of Twin Peaks. I know mm-hmm. I had talked to him at Comic-Con the year before, and um, it, it was a shame we didn't have enough time to talk about Twin Peaks because I've always been a fan of Psych, and mm-hmm. what I loved was all the references to other things. And they did, when they did the entire Twin <laughs> Peaks episode, I was like, oh, my God. You know, we're not alone. I might go watch that again tonight, actually. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah. cool. Because Almy will be watching The Bachelorette, so that'll be, or Bachelor in Paradise. That'll be on in the living room. I don't know but, um, those shows. I'll be in the bedroom watching. Uh, I watch all my TV on my iPhone, which David Lynch would not approve of whatsoever, of course. But, um, hey, you got to do what you got to do. At least they wear headphones, yeah. so I have great sound when yeah. I'm watching the shows on a very small screen. <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to do what you got to do here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky to have a big TV, but... Yeah, nice. Yeah. No, Groupon. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm I'm such a deal hunter, and always buying things online. Like, even uh, my CBD from hemp.com, that mm-hmm. is um, a great little website there, and if you go to hemp.com slash Mrs. Brightside, you guys can get 20% off, plus free shipping uh-huh. if you spend over $50, and get your own, like, CBD lotion. Because, again, I've had to use it all day today, guys. Moving stuff around in my apartment. That's why we're having to shoot in the living room. <laughs> You're in a good place. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that wreath, actually, over there is part of my Twin Peaks wreath project. I have some little oh. owls I'm gluing to it and, like, making a bow with uh, this pattern and and uh, blue roses. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I got so. the blue rose in there. Of course, yeah. All getting ready for Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that sketch yeah. finally came together that you yeah. and I shot over the weekend because I'd been trying to get that particular sketch made for like a year. Really? Um, <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a filmmaker talking yeah. about trying to get a twenty million dollar budget. I mean, I was trying to get the five people together in one room, but it finally which is hard. Happened, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I do this series called David Lynch Problem Solver where. Uh, just people in the video will, will have a problem, like, you know, they can't find mm-hmm. their car keys or they have massive credit card debt. And David Lynch always shows up one. in their living room. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Lynch will always show up in their living room unannounced and just say, sounds like somebody has a problem. <laughs> and then he uh, proceeds to help these people with their problem and take it from there. So the one that we shot, you and I shot, as you probably know, but for the audience, um, that was two people come home to find that their coffee mugs have been vandalized. And there's just no way they can possibly drink coffee in these vandalized coffee mugs. So clearly I'm not afraid to uh, hit the big issues of our times head on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that video should be out in a couple weeks. And um, Jamie Souter directed it. And yeah, like I said, Jamie's one of those guys who just kind of popped up out of nowhere and said, hey, I want to make some of these. So he's, he's helped keep it going too. 
um, which is cool because with this stuff you just kind of rely on who's around and who's available to pitch in. <laughs> yeah, because um, you know a lot of people don't understand. Most of us don't have budgets, at least for quite some time, and we're all creating our own content. I mean, this podcast is presented to everybody for free. That's why sometimes we have to do little ads uh, mm-hmm. and things like that. Or you know, as we say, we're I'm doing a sketch on Wednesday that will be you know. All 100% me doing everything and having a, you know, one actor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do in this business to it get those videos made. A hustle, never ending hustle. <laughs> Good thing we love it. I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, but yeah. I, I love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I obviously have those days, certain days where I'm like, uh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but um, I don't know, something about just making a silly little uh, David Lynch video for YouTube can just, that'll last me like a month. They'll give me like self-confidence for a month. <laughs> yeah, that's why I do this little positivity uh, podcast yeah. every week. So it's like at least I have something to be proud of every week. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to yeah, yeah. do stuff. And then cool. you have like something like, hey, yeah. I did that. Like this concrete package thing. Like, hey, that's something I helped bring into the world. Yeah. It's your baby. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one other thing, I mean, just to randomly yeah. go back to Catching the Big Fish, the, yeah. the book that he put out, maybe... 11, 12 years ago now. But again, that one helped me a lot with my own creativity. And one of the small things in there that he talked about was how we need to feel good about ourselves in order to be creative. Like there's a myth out there that we need to like be tortured artists, you know, with drug problems and just binge drinking, um, that kind of thing. And I think to a certain extent, up until a certain point of my life, I think I bought into that. Just that was the life I thought I was going to well, lead. I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, <laughs> yeah. so like I'm like there is a part of that that is true. I mean, because Trent, before he got sober, some of the best music mm-hmm. there that exists out there. I mean, yeah. like the Lost Highway soundtrack. Yeah. But then also he was when he did Year Zero and several things after that when he was yeah. sober. Still pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, you don't have to do that. Exactly. There's no one way to go about yeah. it. But for me, once I was realizing I'm not from a particularly sturdy stock, I'm like, I can't mm. keep living this particular life. And I kind of went the other way. I got into mm. yoga, meditation, oddly enough, around the time that that book was coming out. And I was like, yeah, you know, I do produce more when I'm feeling good. And I think that's such a great thing about Lynch is that, you know, on screen, he creates these, you know, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but these worlds where like really anything can happen and there's a lot of good versus evil and there is a lot of darkness. But in reality, where he's coming from is from a very positive place. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That's just always been something that, that resonated with me. Well, because I think that people sometimes think that people like something odd like Lynch or like somebody that seems angry like Adam Carolla or Dennis Leary. But what really all these people have in common is that they're being positive, and this is sort of their outlet. And then they go home, and they they have their their kids, their lives, are, and yeah. that's happy. Like this is more of their outlet for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, most people who listen to these things or watch these things, like that's their outlet for happiness too. Mm-hmm. So it is sort of all kind of coming in together. And you know, David Lynch is a big uh, proprietor of transcendental med- meditation. Yeah. I've not tried that. I'm really into yoga, though. But yeah. yeah, I'm like one of these days I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I've never done transcendental meditation. For me, at least. Uh, I mean, I do meditate, but I'll do like ten minute sessions, usually like twice a day. And for me, what I try to do is empty my my mind. 
um, basically. I think with the transcendental, you have like a mantra that you repeat in your head. Yes. Um, I, I guess it just depends on how we're wired. I mean, I think any meditation is good. Obviously, it's going to be beneficial. For me, though, like, I want to quiet my mind because my mind is like always racing all the time anyway. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like I don't want to have a mantra because I'm like, I just want a break from thought or at least to step away and just, you know, watch the thoughts but not get carried away by them. But that said, um, I'm not opposed to eventually trying transcendental meditation. I do have Maddie and yeah. his buddy Anthony, who they have a comedy show we do. Uh, they do transcendental meditation. They love it. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I would say good enough, smart enough. Gosh darn it, people like me. Good enough, smart exactly. enough. Or maybe your mantra could be like, I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> there you go. That's right. As long as you, I mean, yeah. yeah. If I just pick my own mantra, oh. okay, yeah, it might be. Yeah, because I think that's what you do. It's something that that works for you. Yeah, like I heard that they give it to you. Oh, really? Like they huh. just give you a unique something. Like, oh. That's your mantra. No, oh. but again, I don't. <laughs> I done it. <laughs> I'm just gonna do quotes from TV shows. You're fucking out. I'm fucking in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you do go to a Q and A yeah. with David Lynch, and if you do want him to open up. That's what you ask him about. You ask him about meditation. meditation he yeah. will talk your ear off about meditation. You ask him about his movies, nah. <laughs> but meditation, that'll get him going. And I imagine with painting too. He seems to be very passionate about his painting. And you know, again, I wish I could afford one. I have enough trouble buying the T-shirts, but eventually, I'd love to own a David Lynch original. That'd be that'd be so awesome. Yeah, and at least we know that's really him. You don't find mm -hmm. out years later that John Wayne Gacy didn't really paint those paintings. No, so it's a good thing you never. Actually, wanted to buy one. I I wanted one for years, and then I found out that apparently he would just have the other prisoners do it and sign it. Oh wow! And I'm like, but I still kind of want one anyway. Amazing, of course. I mean, you who wouldn't want it, a Gacy? Whatever weirdo would want to pose no. as John Gacy as an artist. I mean, again, yeah, that's probably something you want to own because that's like your weird in a good yeah. way. I don't know, or not in a good way. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, I would want a Lynch, too. I'd want a Lynch and a Gacy, you know? Not just these Andy that's Warhol friends. That's my yeah. Gacy. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Because that, that is sort of a meditation in itself, is painting and everything. But, yeah, one day maybe I will meet David Lynch, because I've never met him. So, yeah, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess... One of the, I mean, he tends to talk about meditation mm -hmm. fairly frequently around L.A., and then he has this festival of disruption. And it's always around my birthday, too. Like oh, okay. Kind of yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's a birthday present for you. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Festival of disruption. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I just love that title of the festival, though. Yeah. yeah, obviously, what I do instead of meditating is... Uh, smoke or eat weed and you know it yeah. works for me but yeah. it does get expensive you know meditation is free that's right if yeah. you're on a budget meditation might be the way yeah. to go but it might not be as fun as weed yeah true where's the trade-off and now a word from our sponsors if you have a career in the arts wouldn't you rather be working on your craft than trying to build your own website that's why radportfolios.com creates affordable custom websites for artists. It's super easy and totally all-inclusive. When you book a role, have a show coming up, or get new headshots you want to put up on your website, you just send the info over and your website gets updated at no additional charge. 
Starting at just $99 a month, they take care of your hosting, domains, security certificates, and just about any update you want to make your site. Use code BRIGHTSIDE, that's one word, for half off your website startup. Radportfolios.com. Affordable custom websites for artists so you can get back to getting booked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of any, yeah. any random David Lynch stories I can think of. I, you know, I yeah. went to just a party in my apartment building maybe a year ago. And it was, it, I have a neighbor who, um, you know, had invited us multiple times to hang out. And it wasn't like I was trying to avoid the guy or something. But finally, just the timing worked out. We went to his party. And he's probably in his pushing 60. So his mm -hmm. friends were around that age. And somehow David Lynch came up in conversation. And, and one of the women there at the party had actually seen a racer head way back when, when it wow. had its first run. I believe it was at the New Arts in West L.A. Oh, yeah. That's where it played. And she met David Lynch. And, um, and David Lynch was actually in the lobby as her and her friend were, like, walking out of the screening. And Lynch said to her, like, hey, what, what did you think about it? Kind of with a smile yeah. on his face, knowing, like, you know. <laughs> People are going to be honest because they don't know who he is. Yeah, and um, and she said she really didn't know how to answer, but uh, that he was friendly. <laughs> it was cool yeah. that he, uh, he must he would have been super young back then, like thirty ish. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I have a autographed Inland Empire DVD <laughs> that was given to me by a friend of a friend, and this friend of a friend is a very outgoing guy. His name's Aaron. And Aaron ran into David Lynch randomly at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove. <laughs> and, and and as far as I know, David Lynch was just there shopping. It yeah. wasn't like he was doing a Q&A. He was just shopping. And so Aaron goes up to him because Aaron has no fear. You know, he's born to be a producer. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, outgoing dude. And starts talking to Lynch. And, and I, I don't quite know how this happened, but he basically said to David Lynch, you know, can I get your autograph? And David Lynch said, well, buy something you know, mm -hmm. of, of mine. I'll autograph it for you. Yeah. So I forget what he, I wish I could remember what he brought up first, but he brought something to Lynch. Like It was a book that was yeah. like, I don't know if it's Lynch on Lynch or something, but it was <laughs> something David Lynch relevant. And Lynch was like, not that one. Like he wouldn't <laughs> sign whatever my friend, whatever I brought. So, so then Aaron goes back and he pulls an Inland Empire DVD, because I guess that would have been the current movie yeah. that had just been released. And, and Lynch, you know, without missing a beat, he, apparently he walks around with sharpies of Derek and colors in his pocket. He pulls out this gold sharpie, like metallic gold sharpie, and signs it for him right there on the spot. Wow. Um, and then Aaron later goes home and says, oh, this is cool that I have this, but I have no use for it. But this Chris Dotson guy, I know, does a Lynch impression. So Aaron and I have a mutual friend also named Chris. So he gave the DVD to Chris, and Chris gave it to me. So I still have that DVD. I'll never you know, give it up, of course. But... Um, but it's fun. But anytime David Lynch does anything, at least in my fan, yeah. in my, not my fan, I have like 10 fans, but in my friend group, they will send me the article from like the New York Times does an article on Lynch. So I just get bombarded. <laughs> anytime Lynch makes any kind of move whatsoever, I always have uh, friends sending me the articles or linking up, putting them on my Facebook page or whatever. So <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly getting new material for, for David Lynch videos. And again, I think that's part of the reason they keep going. And also because my hair hasn't fallen out yet. Yeah. You know, if that happens, we'll deal with it. That, actually, that would be a great series, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Fall David Lynch. Yeah, yeah fall David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like somebody has a problem. It's me. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's such a you know enigmatic guy, but I've never heard a bad story about him. Because I know several people who've 
worked on you know yeah. Twin Peaks or with him, and they say like I know f- specifically for the return, a lot of people who worked on there, they said that they had no scripts. He would just yes. literally write stuff immediately, like you know, and they would learn it in a lot of more improv. And it was like, wow. Yeah, I know Christoph. Hmm. Uh, I've never pronounced his last name out loud, but I think it's Zajit Denik Denny. Sorry, hmm. Christoph, I totally butchered your your name, but he played hmm. um Ike the Spike. Uh, yeah. the new ones and he said he had a great time working with Lynch and and yeah it was always shrouded in mystery whatever they were doing he actually got cast from just kind of I think a random notice on Actors Access and he thought he'd wow. be doing background for a day and it ended up this role grew or I guess Lynch took a liking to him and expanded the role and because um, he ended up doing a few episodes yeah. at the end of the day but yeah he, he had only positive things to say yeah, everyone yeah, who interacts with him seems to have a good experience. I'm sure he does drive executives nuts because yeah. he's going to do his own thing at the end of the day. And you always, you know, when you see episode eight of Twin Peaks season three for the first time, mm-hmm. I mean, it's remarkable that that was on TV in this yeah. day and age. And you're like, how many executives though are like sweating so profusely, no. <laughs> knowing that they said yes to that. Or knowing that they agreed to something that maybe Lynch was just like, I don't know what kind of deal they worked out. It's all gossip. But maybe it's just like, I'm going to make what I want. You don't get to sign off on it at all. I don't know. But I don't know how that gets through in this day and age. And again, I love that it got mm. through. But it's like, how does that happen? Well, the thing is, is nowadays, places like Netflix specifically, and I think Showtime is one of those, like a lot of cable networks, they pick creators who know what they're doing and mm. they just let them do what they do and, you know, let leave them alone, throw money yeah. at it and, you know, leave them alone because if yeah. they've had such a good track record in the past yeah. or like, you know, or you see shows like FX would did with It's Always Sunny. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're not going to argue. It's like, okay, we get where, you know, you have a fan base that's going to be loyal. We're going to allow that. Yeah. And I think Lynch did that. Yeah. Totally. And, and Twin Peaks yeah. online had firmly established that there is a fan ba- uh, base, a very devoted fan base that existed prior to the new episode. So they're like, okay, we already have all these kooky viewers who want to see this weird stuff. So we do have this built in audience. So at least they'll be there. And I'm sure that went a long way too. I would think it had to. And then, is it Sabrina Sutherland, the producer? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't quite know what her role was in bringing it to the screen, too, but I feel like she played a major role in helping uh, get this thing to TV as well. So yeah, I talked just... to her at Comic-Con. Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah, she did not. She has a Lynch impersonation, but did not want to share it in case the show came back. So yeah, guys, that was a you know there could be more Twin Peaks. Yeah, I heard that Mark Frost wants yeah. to do more for yeah. sure, and then David Lynch said something like he wants to focus on his painting right now. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, you, you never know. Yeah, at this point, you do no. never know because they did go over twenty-five years in between seasons. So hey, if there's another two or three years between this one and the next one. It's much smaller, much smaller gap. <laughs> yeah, and they could focus on some of the side characters. Like I liked, yeah. uh, you know, especially with some of the newer characters, like Candy. She's so mm, funny, or yeah. um, the Mitchum brothers, because uh, yeah. it's so weird. I was in a show the other day, a comedy show at the Shack in Playa del Rey, nice. with um, Anthony um, Saramucci, who was one of the woodsmen, oh. and Robert Nepper, one of the Mitchum brothers, was there to see oh. him. 
Um, cool. So I was like, whoa. And, and my big, you know, my other big David Lynch uh, fan friend was there to see me. And he's like, whoa, this is just too trippy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, whoa, everything in the six degrees of David Lynch here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I get yeah. starstruck really ever, but I mean, yeah. if I were to, it's usually with a character from Twin yeah. someone who was in Twin Peaks. Like, one of the very first TV shows I did when I got to L.A. was called Dr. Vegas. It had uh, Rob Lowe, yeah. Joe Pantoliano. It barely made it a year. But that was one of my first times being on a TV set. And Ray Wise was oh, Ray guest Wise. starring. And he was on set, too. I didn't have a line with him. Like, his character was crossing off as I was entering. So we were on set together. And my character is pushing in <laughs> this giant ice sculpture in the shape of a penis. Uh, I won't get into why, but that's my character. I was this party planner, and there is this ice sculpture in the shape of a penis. So in between takes, Ray Wise comes up to me, and he's looking at it, and he's like, wow, I hope this gets past the censors. And, and I'm just thinking, like, dude, like, you were on one of those shows where I don't know how any of that got past the censors at the time <laughs> when you were on Twin Peaks, because you look at that, and you're just like, this is so foreign to anything that was being made at that time. And that was just one of those out-of-body moments where it's like Ray Wise is talking to me. This is so cool. Um, you know, it could have been like Lawrence Olivier back from the dead, and I wouldn't have cared as much yeah. as it's like I'm talking to Ray Wise. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I've never met Ray, but Lex got to my friend, other friend. Like, mm-hmm. he interviewed him at Comic-Con for the Killing Joke movie because he okay. was a voice in that. He, I believe he was the joke, or was he Commissioner Gordon? Yeah, I was like trying to think. But yeah, because it, it's not a very good animated film, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it had a lot of good voice casts like Ray. And so, but yeah, with Robert Nipper, I'd actually interviewed him uh, before uh, for when he, the Prison Break premiere, when they redid Prison Break. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it, it was when he had been announced for Twin Peaks. But then I even asked him, it was just before the return. He's like, I can't say anything. Uh, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, they will kill me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, when, uh, when my buddy was on it, like he didn't tell me. Like I heard yeah. about it, all this stuff after. You know, he did a good job of uh, keeping his mouth uh, closed, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm sure it's like top secret. They don't want to give anything away. Which is so ironic in a certain way. Because even if we had all the scripts written mm-hmm. out ahead of time, I still don't think we'd be able to make heads or tails of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, we wouldn't, like, even with spoilers, this is one of those shows, like, if you've gotten any spoilers, it's like, really? Because, yeah, I remember, like, when I met Mason, like, I think they had filmed it by then, but she couldn't talk about it. And I had volunteered to be a free producer and filmographer for my friend's interview with her at her house. It was so weird. But I was like, just so I could meet Mason. Um, so many strange uh, coincidences with uh, all these people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, like you said, like everyone who's worked with him, from what I understand, has positive things to say about him. He was one of those guys, and um, he even recently talked about on set, like you know, he wants to have a positive set. He doesn't want to be one of those people who is lording their power over someone. He wants to have a set where everyone feels respected because he's saying, yeah. like, how am I going get, to get a good performance out of my actors if they're uncomfortable? Like, I want people to feel comfortable. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, trust <laughs> me, there's no idea. Me Too stories coming out about David Lynch. Yeah. Every woman who's ever worked with him yeah. that I've talked to has just said nothing but nice things about how just respectful he is. And Yeah. Yeah. 
even Isabella Rossellini. Yeah. I can't remember um, what you know. She's probably done a billion interviews about Blue Velvet over the years. Yeah. But it was one of them more recently that was on IFC, and she was talking about you know that terrible scene in Blue Velvet yeah. where Dennis Hopper is on top of her and forcing himself on her. And she said that that the Blue Velvet came on in a hotel room somewhere, and when the scene that scene came on, where he's you know doing what he's doing she just started giggling and started laughing because she said it was actually a really funny scene to shoot or something about like yeah. when they were on set you know it was kind of a comedic thing like everyone's aware how bizarre and over the top and insane this scene was so it, it's it's i don't know what i'm saying here but it's one of those things where it's yeah. like, again lynch will go into these really dark realms but there's also this positive positivity and a sense of humor and, and i think that a lot of his stuff does have a sense of humor but it's not the kind of humor that's going to hit you over the head. You know, no, like a no. Shot, you know, but, but it's there. More like a Dougie. You know, <laughs> yeah. Dougie is yeah. funny. I mean, yeah. we, everybody loves Dougie, right? Yeah, or even if you're just like, and yeah. again, I'm sure this was not yeah. what happened, but if it's like Lynch and Mark Frost, you're like, hey, let's see how long we can go without having Kyle talk. How many episodes, <laughs> how long can we string this out, man? Maybe it's not that that would happen, but, you know, you look at it, it's like, you know, they're not necessarily taking everything so seriously. And um, I like that, too. I don't know. I laugh yeah. a lot. I was watching something the other night, and uh, oh, there was No Country for Old Men. Never oh, yeah. Mind. That's not a Daniel Lynch movie. But mm-hmm. that was another one. That's a dark movie. Yeah. But, like, the Coen brothers have They're a lot funny. of humor yeah. in that darkness. Because I'm laughing a lot, and Naomi's like, what are you listening to? Because she was probably trying to watch The Bachelorette or, or a reality <laughs> show. And I was interrupting her. I'm like, No Country for Old Men. She's like, oh, right. Of course. See, I always laugh at inappropriate things um, <laughs> like that. But the Coen brothers have a sense of humor. Well, it's just like the people who write Law and Order Special Victims Unit. When Christopher Maloney was on there, it was funny. I can't yeah, help yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's a funny guy. Yeah. He, I, he, I wish he would work with Lynch. I think they'd have a... Oh, definitely. I'd love yeah. to see Bill Pullman and oh, David yeah. Lynch work together again. Okay. I'm watching The Sinner, and, and Bill Pullman is so great at his... Um, <laughs> How is that? I've been wanting to watch that. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. The first season was really good, and the second season so far, I'm I'm liking it. Yeah, I'm like yeah. such a dark subject matter, like you yeah. know, especially this season with the little boy. Because yeah. what's interesting about the center is you know right off the bat it's just who it did it. It's just the why you find out, right? Yeah. 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 And Bill Pullman's a yeah. good guy. I oh, mean, I love Bill Pullman. I'm doing the best name dropping I can do. Yeah. I don't have a lot of names I can drop, but another. Uh, David Lynch alum who I randomly met because uh, Bill Pullman is a neighborhood guy. He lives in Hollywood and every year he has this Christmas party that people in Beechwood Canyon are invited to and I feel like it's like a trombone group or some group of like people who play trombones or something but anyway I had a friend who lived like two blocks from Bill Pullman so she's like me and my boyfriend are going to this party do you want to join me? I'm like sure. So they had like a porta potty set up because there's that many people show up you know and i went to porta potty and i i when i'm in there a woman had left her purse there so i didn't know what to do with it so i'm like well i'm just gonna grab it and and bill pullman was kind of making a speech at that time yeah. you know, like, well, <laughs> yeah. so i'll just hand it to him when he's done yeah so after it's done he <laughs> handed him this purse he's like oh yeah and he made an announcement <laughs> and then the woman got her purse back it had a happy ending but that That's was my, so nice. yeah. my bill pullman encounter he had cool hair. Yeah. I don't think Bill Pullman gets enough credit for his cool hair. Lynch does, of course, as he should. 
But Bill Pullman had cool hair, too. He, had, he was spiking it up. Yeah, like, I love Bill Pullman when he's got just, like, kind of like Nathan Fillion's hair, just the long bangs on a man. Like, you know, yeah. you know, with, if, it, if a guy doesn't have a receding hairline, that's the second choice, is the, <laughs> the long bangs, like a Bill Pullman or a Nathan Fillion. Yeah, yeah one or the other. I love Serpent and the Rainbow. That's one of my favorite horror movies. Like, that is and scary. It's underrated. Like, yeah. but, you know, that's why I love Bill Pullman. Yeah, you can do a lot. You yeah. can do a lot in Spaceballs, for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just all over the place. He can do everything. They all come from that Mel Brooks family or something, right? Because like, yeah. Mel Brooks, <laughs> in a way, discovered David Lynch because he loved to raise her head and then asked him to direct The Elephant Man. And then I, I wonder if Lynch was involved with like, yeah, give give Bill a try. <laughs> when, when Mel Brooks was casting Spaceballs, I don't know. Yeah, because, uh, you know, well, Lost Highway is actually my favorite of Lynch's movies. Just because, well, mostly the soundtrack, too. And, and it's funny because Trent shows up in it um, and Marilyn Manson. And, and yeah, Rollins. I have a poster of that in my room. Oh, <laughs> like, awesome. yeah, a little bit. I love Lost Highway yeah. now. When I first saw it in the theater, I think I was still at an age where, again, I already said, like, oh, I'm so open to movies and you know, yeah. not getting answers. But that was one where when I first saw it, I was like, that didn't make any sense. And I remember it was a time when I was asking why a lot more. Like, why? Yeah. why? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And at the film festival, you know, we always had these volunteers who, were, who would take tickets and that kind of stuff. And, and I remember talking to them, and everyone had their own kind of theory. So it was fun in that regard. But um, that's a movie I appreciate a lot more now than, than I did when I very first saw it. And that was also another... When that movie came out, you know, they would still run... You know, yeah, you buy the newspaper space, you know, yeah. for the ad for the for the movie, the way theaters was playing that in the newspaper, and and the reviews for it must have been so negative that the that the press agent or whoever the publicist was said, let's use these negative reviews. So mm. like the top quote was like worst movie ever made, you know, two thumbs down, you know, Siskel and Ebert. Um, they, so there was this ad, like a legit ad, like in a legit newspaper, but <laughs> all the reviews were like intentionally negative. And I'm like, man, this, this is so cool. When does this ever happen? This is so awesome. So that was another thing that really endeared me to Lynch was like, they are embracing this confusion and they're embracing this. It's, I got to find that. I yeah, I know. I'm like, that's so cool. Cause I, I had to be like, I was like, I was way too young at that time to really, cause I mean, I was young, but like I knew Trent was and Bill Pullman and was a fan, but it's like, cause that was what, 94, 95? I'm going to go 97. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe it was a little later. Cause yeah, I was yeah, like in the nineties for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was like definitely mid nineties, but yeah. And cause the perfect drug is one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. yeah that is a great soundtrack. Yeah. So many great people involved. Uh, musically as well as the yeah. actors but yeah the music yeah. on Lost Highway yeah. that's what I love about Lynch because he does that with the return in Twin Peaks as well is you know the Roadhouse you know Donnie Shells does perform I mean and yeah. he, he has different musical tastes as do I because like as much as I love Donnie Shells I'm a big Michael Bublé fan too yeah. and like I love how he likes different styles or jazz like I like jazz so yeah. that was what I loved is he does a, he's a big music guy too so oh huge that's cool huge. I, what does he have two albums now, yeah at least i don't know but um yeah he's just passionate about creating stuff yeah. and that's just so cool and i love it and that's again just he's helped me make my silly videos he's helped me in a way you know i self-publish books now and the acting of course and, and whatever else but it's like you don't have to necessarily be locked into one thing you know because at the end of the day creativity is creativity i paint on occasion yeah. i'm not good at it but i still do it because why not why, why yeah. can't i yeah, I make a lot of crafts, as I say, the Twin Peaks wreath. I did a, a, yeah. a Twin Peaks wallpaper, and 
you know, most of my crafts are apparently David Lynch inspired, but yeah. There you go. It's inspiring all of us, or at least yeah. the two of us for sure. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, that is the thing is, you know, he's an inspiration for a lot of people as, you know, and that's what this podcast strives to do is sort of get people to think on, you know, things differently. Cause I know some people are very dismissive of just movies in general or directors and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like David Lynch, you know, he, he really does do good for the world. I yeah. think so. I think it's a great thing that he exists, and I yeah. think he enhances the well-being of our planet. Yeah. Absolutely. And certainly keeps us fueled with coffee. Yeah, yeah. I still have to try his coffee. Yeah. A friend of mine oh, yeah. gave me a bag of his coffee as a gift, but I just have to grind it now, and then I can put it in my coffee maker. So oh, yeah. I've always been wanting to try it, so I finally have a bag in my apartment now, and now I just have to take that extra step of grinding the beans which shouldn't be difficult, but I just haven't done it yet. Yeah, like, um, if you don't have a grinder, Trader Joe's, you mm-hmm. can do it there for free, I know. Oh, cool. um, because, yeah, like, I had a grinder, and mine's all ground up, but I only have a French <laughs> press or a Keurig, so it's kind of hard sometimes to, when yeah. you want to make a big pot of this <laughs> damn fine coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but it is damn fine. Cool. So, is there anything else you want to say about the bright side of David Lynch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bright side of David Lynch. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like he's he's only gonna his movies and his TV shows only gonna appeal to a certain crowd just because there's not enough of us who want to open our minds and and feel uncomfortable. There's not enough of us who want or are willing to feel uncomfortable when we go to see a movie. And in any David Lynch movie TV show, there are gonna be those moments where it's just like you're gonna feel a little gross. <laughs> but I just think he's so great. I think he's like, these are modern day fairy tales between the good and the evil because he's just so great at creating these villains that are just like the darkest freaking characters you could imagine. Like with Dennis Hopper, and yeah. Robert Blake, Lost Highway, Bob, Frank Silva, oh, of course, yeah. throughout Twin Peaks. These are just like, what is going on? This is evil uh, epitomized. Um, even though I wouldn't know how to explain what should evil yeah. look like, somehow he keeps finding different faces for evil. And I just think that's so great. I just think storytelling in general, the best stories are the ones that have these horrible, horrible villains. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, how is good ever going to overcome? And, and will it overcome? You know, I don't know. But I'm rambling now. But I like yeah. that about him. And I just like how he, he makes this crazy, chaotic stuff. But in his home life, it seems at least that he's very... Uh, chill, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better term. That he's all about calming down, being in the moment, taking it easy, so that your mind is 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 clean or, or adaptive or receptive to to creating things. And, uh, and again, that's what I respect about him as much as as anything. Yeah, I mean, this goes to a joke that I have. It's like, isn't it funny how Alice Cooper teaches Sunday school and Cat Stevens is a terrorist? (laughs) But yeah, like people think, you know, David Lynch, because of his art in one way, it must be this negative person. It's like, no, a lot of times people whose art is a certain way or, you know, that's because they get it all out and then they go home to their kids and their wives and live normal. Yeah, they channel all that nuttiness that we all have in our minds, but they channel it through their art or through their music, through their movies, whatever, uh, so that they can live a more orderly, peaceful life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. So uh, where can they find these David Lynch Problem Solver videos? Sure. They're on this website called YouTube. It's Mm -hmm. very prestigious. It's very exclusive. It's so hard to get a video (laughs) in there, but I've managed to push through about 45 or 50 videos over the years. But it's YouTube.com. 
and then it's not, N-O-T, David Lynch. Not David Lynch, and there's a bunch of videos up there from, for like the past 12 years now. <laughs> all right, and if they want to keep up the conversation with you, Chris, where can they find you on social media and all that? I'm on Instagram, another, uh, uh, i got to stop trying to be funny. I'm on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> and it's Chris, C-H-R-I-S, and then double underscore, because one underscore is not enough. So Chris, double underscore, Dotson, D-O-T-S-O-N. Like the car they don't make anymore, but spelled differently. Yeah. I love Dotsons, by the way, the car. And, yeah. That's another thing I want to own someday. If I have that extra income, or when I have that extra income, I'm going to buy a David Lynch painting, and I'm going to buy a Dotson. Yeah. And one day. It's yeah. like me. Uh, I Sadly, my dreams are much smaller. It's just a kegerator. <laughs> Wait, my I'm dreams all... are already small. <laughs> I'm like, I want a kegerator. That's my big thing I want to buy is uh, a refrigerator with a keg <laughs> for a keg that you have a tap on top. It's not even that spectacular. And they're only like $400, guys. That's how poor I am. I believe in you. I yeah. believe you're going to do One this. day. You're going to do this. But yeah, since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. See you next Tuesday. So there's this new podcast you guys should totally be listening to. It's called Dead Inside. It's got myself, Lucretia Lyon, and Jacqueline Pissarro. And we talk about a lot of effed up stuff. That uh, you're a absolutely enjoy and laugh at like murder and uh serial killers and um we speak with other comics and we talk to other different types of personalities yeah and personality disorders that um we point out in other people and in ourselves because we're full of it Yeah, so guys, Dead Inside has new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.